0: This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. K.J. Martin climbed Bobong Mountain.
1: T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man.
0: Six, five, four, three, two, one.
1: What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked on Rockets, be sure to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. We would sincerely appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app, follow me at jt. Gatlin to join in on the conversation live. Spotify Green Room, changing the way that we talk sports. Now, joining us for today's episode, as he does each and every week, is film study phenom himself, the athletics Ali Khan Bijani. What's up, Ali Khan?
0: Nah, that's too much. You guessing me up too much. Jackson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, all right, I, Ali Khan. Scale of one to ten. Based on the fact that after our discussion last week concerning Jalen Green, and now this week we're getting ready to talk, Evan Mobley, how confident are you that I'm going to sway back to Mobley Island after this conversation?
0: Actually, I think you may be swaying to Kate Cunningham after all this news has come out. Uh, (laughs) uh, But no, you know how I feel about Evan Mobley. I think he's a terrific prospect, somebody who I really love watching and being able to have, uh, looked at them throughout these last few weeks. So I think, either way, if the Rockets have a choice between Green and Mobley, it's going to be a great pick.
1: And we've got some really great plays that you've kind of set up for us that we're going to take a look at here in segments two and three. And you did kind of allude to the Cade Cunningham, uh, you know, smoke that is just becoming ever increasing in the fact that the Rockets might actually have a legit shot at trading up for the number one overall pick from the Detroit Pistons. There's a lot of news swirling about. So we might have to change our plans because uh, next week we were planning to do a breakdown on picks number 23, 24 and some of the prospects around that range. But we might have to kind of to change our gears and maybe do a Cade Cunningham breakdown, possibly?
0: Uh, anytime you get to watch Cade Cunningham film, that's a treat. So if that happens, that's going to be fun. I, I will say this, um, and this alludes to the initial press conference that we had after the, the draft lottery. Raphael Stone did say that they would not, they would, you know, always look at every possible option. They would keep every door open. This is part of that. The only thing I will caution Rockets fans about is make sure whenever you do see a rumor, Who is it coming from? Why is it coming? What does that represent? Think about those things, how that plays into the conversation, especially when it comes to moving up. Sometimes the conversations you think of as fans is a completely different conversation than front offices are thinking about. Sometimes they don't even give any validation to some things that are out there. So you always want to consider these things before you latch on. And this is is going to be definitely happening or this is definitely smoke all there. Keep an eye out. Do some reflection. Think about what's actually going out there, what this smoke is really about.
1: Man, there was nothing juicy or aggregatable about that statement, Ali Come on. I need you to drop a spicy line for Don or for Carly to, to
0: grab and run with. Okay. Yeah. Well, all, all I'm going to say is, you know, I, I think when it comes to all these prospects, they fit the definition of what the Rockets want. And what I mean by that is you allow them to grow in their own role. If we're, the guy we're looking at today, Nevin Mobley, he is somebody, if you are drafting him because you see him as unicorn potential, you allow him a few years to grow into that frame that he has. He already has a solid size and length. Give him a few seasons to get into that frame with strength, upper body strength, lower body strength. Let him develop his um, where he's comfortable on the floor, whether it's the perimeter, inside, outside, all those different things. And then you build around him because he's a versatile piece. Same thing with Cade Cunningham, same thing with Jalen Green, same thing with Jalen Suggs. You have guys who are very versatile pieces. You wanna build around those versatile pieces. And I think that no matter where the Rockets, which direction they go in, they're gonna pick based on who they feel like can give them the best versatility moving forward in terms of roster construction and roster management. It's not just about best player available. It's not just about who's fitting with the roster. We've already talked about those things. But I think something else that needs to be discussed too is which player can you truly build around, right? You're in year one, or I guess now year one was last year, but now you're entering year two of a rebuild. And when that's going on, the quicker the rebuild occurs is whenever you give a chance to really build around a franchise guy. And if we truly believe that one of these four is a franchise guy, you want to give them some time to build around. And and, and these guys clearly have the versatility to do that.
1: It's crazy. I come away thinking that all four of these guys uh, are capable of being franchise guys. It's just dependent on who the Rockets think should be their franchise guy. But with that, let's dive into some of these numbers, Khan, that you've
0: kind of sourced
1: from us, I believe, via Synergy, correct?
0: Yes, these are all from Synergy. Now, there's a couple of things we're going to get into a lot of this stuff later on in the conversation. Just wanted to be able to kind of give a brief introduction to you on who Evan Mobley is, the prospect, who he is in terms of what he has done on the basketball court. A couple things really stand out to me. Number one, half court. He was definitely USC's best, or you could arguably consider one of the best half court decision makers for them. They would often like to post him up or have him get the ball um above the break and allow him to be a passer someone who can facilitate the basketball let's if we go down to where it talks about pick and roll ball handler there were some situations too where he got the ball and then you know a, another big one comes to a screen for him or a guard would set a screen for him and he can even though he has high hips and he has long legs and i can kind of mess with the center of gravity he got low and when he gets low he can really attack in a straight line which you normally see um, really good guards being able to do. And that movement, his movement skills that he has is something that really does stand out whenever you watch him on film.
1: All right, let's move on. We're going to move on to this next page here just because uh, this is the, the continued uh, continuation, I guess, of of the offensive stats. Anything that yeah. one, he jumps out here from you? Uh, yeah, for you, uh, a,
0: kind of a, a couple things. Let's go down to um, where it talks about doubles. I mean, sorry, during trap situations when he was doubled up in the post. If we're looking at it here, his team shot 40%. Sorry, he shot 40%. Now, when it comes to passes, his team scored around 33% of his possessions, meaning that he was making the right reads. He has to get better in some areas. He can be tentative. What I mean by tentative is tentative doesn't necessarily mean that he's like, oh, he's not making the right play. It means that he's being a little bit more passive than he should. I would like to see him be more aggressive. He's really good at using and turning around through both shoulders, having a soft touch around the rim. If he can't do that and kind of translate that into making making better passes and uh, and kind of getting things going more aggressively, he's going to be really good in those types of situations. Ala, uh, we like to look at it in the terms of the Rockets' offense, the five-out offense. When you run a screen and you kind of go inside or do pick and pop, if he's in this Rockets' offense, he can do a simple uh, a slip and kind of do a seal play where he seals inside the baseline and goes over either shoulder and scores with either hand. He has the ability to do all of that. Um, The second thing I want to point out Rick really quickly is that um, top table. It talks about his offense, including the passes. Let's look at him in post-ups. This is a clip that we're going to be seeing later on when it comes to his ability to pass the basketball. His turnover percentage is around 16%. Now, if you look at the volume, that's still a pretty good number for somebody who has the ball in his hands a lot. That's one out of every six possessions that run, that result in a turnover. But for a guy who did not have as good spacing and had tentative shooters around him, that's still pretty good when I look at it from an eye test perspective. So a lot of really good things to see here, especially from his passing ability. I think that and the way the Rockets play offense five out, which is very much about side to side movement. If the ball is now moving and it's stuck on one side, you move it to the other, break down the defense that way you would definitely fit right in there.
1: I really love, and this is just one more number that's kind of standing out to me, his points per possession, you know, a little over one point per possession on isolations, including his passes out of isolation. And that's kind of an interesting area to me.
0: Yeah, you know, he he, he definitely needs to get better when it comes to his shooting. I think when he becomes a better shooting, that gravity that comes from shooting to open up a lot of other things for him, that aggressive mentality that we, just, we discussed here a few minutes ago, but that's a promising sign. Right, And, and you want to see something like this from a guy who you already can show, we're going to see in the next slide, has incredible defensive potential. We want to see that in terms of his um, offensive side as well because this league, as much as it is about stopping teams, you have to score the basketball as well. And if you're going to be a top-level prospect and a team leader, you have to be able to score the ball and be somebody they can go to in crunch time.
1: The defensive metrics you're alluding to, I mean it- – He's being touted as you know, the next great defensive anchor in the NBA, but not only you know, a traditional anchor a la somebody like a Rudy Gobert who can yeah. anchor the paint, but somebody who is truly you know, versatile on the defensive end, can guard out on the perimeter, can do a variety of things, which we're going to take a look at in some of our upcoming slides.
0: Yeah, and, and just and make a quick point before we actually get to those defensive clips, you know, in terms of schematic versatility, he's already a savvy pick-and-roll defender who can drop, head switch, ran zone, um, he had plenty of experience being the middle anchor in that 3-2 zone um, or in the 2-3 zone, sorry. Um, so, you know, you look at it, there are a lot of transferable skills that I see when you watch him operate in, in space with his ability to kind of both stunt to the ball, return back and contest. If he gets beat off a switch, he can return and block shots. Um, these are a lot of really good transferable skills you see in different types of schematic coverages that will translate overall. Um, to a defensive scheme you can adapt around him. And that's what I mean. If you're looking at versatility and building a roster, he is a great first piece to have because from him you can actually create a defensive scheme that is not just based off of him. He has strengths everywhere. You can build a defensive scheme that's based off of everybody else. And that's a that's a luxury to have in today's NBA. Um, he's really effective at using his 7 4 wingspan. He has a short, he has short area quickness and his ability to play angles really effectively. And when you're in drop coverage, you have to really contort your body in some unique ways to stop passes, kind of play the passing lanes. He's so tall and lengthy and he's so quick with his feet that he can be able to kind of manipulate those angles to his advantage and and create turnovers. Um, And like I said earlier, despite having long legs and high hips, which normally limit mobility for bigs like that, He's excellent at lowering his uh, center of gravity, staying on the ground to contest and rotate, which is why he does not get called for fouls at all as well. So when I look at all these different things, a lot of things stand out. Look at a low free throw. Per- if you look across the board as defensive metrics, low free throw percentage numbers. He does not foul. He's if he, if he jumps in the air, he jumps straight up. He stays vertical. You like that about a defensive big. You want that and a defensive big that you're going to be hoping will patrol the paint for you. So a lot of great things from him. I'm just looking at the stats.
1: Coming up, we're going to dive into uh, a a play that really kind of illustrates his defensive versatility, you know, both in in transition as well as in the half court, switching um, all of that. We're going to get there in just a moment after a message from our friends over at Spotify Greenroom, because look, Spotify Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can chat with me, athletes, insiders, all in real time about your favorite team or sport. So hopefully the Houston Rockets, maybe another team, but probably the Rockets. Uh, Be sure to go download the app. App, follow me at JT Gatlin. Follow Alicon at Rockets underscore insider. The app is free to download. They're doing beta testing for Android. Go grab it, check it out, create a profile. Uh, Spotify Green Room, changing the way that we talk sports. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. A quick reminder that on our road to the NBA Finals, our playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Continuing our Evan Mobley film study session with the Athletics' Alikon Bijani. Now, Alicon, this next play that we have you know, to tee up to kind of continue focusing on Evan Mobley's defense, it's kind of a doozy because... You really get a chance to see all these different areas that Evan Mobley is is very capable in defensively.
0: Yeah, so when we're looking at this, and and I apologize really quickly for those who are listening on the podcast, I'm going to be breaking down the exact tools I'm talking about in a second. But for those watching us on YouTube, I'm going to be really quick and kind of just going through and diagramming what's going on in this play. So just hoping to give a, a visual listener A visual watcher and also just an audio listener some good perspectives on what's going on and 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 just kind of the scouting report from the tape perspective now when we're looking at the 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 clip here for our audio listeners what you're what you're supposed to be saying, or just visualize. Is I'm sorry, okay. We're,
1: you're just derailing the whole thing. <laughs> no, it's okay, like we can still describe that. You know what? We need to do, Ali, like we need to do our best Craig Ackerman impersonation and be the best radio play by play guys we can right now. Okay, we need to my illustrate team, this for the listener
0: team, America's team, Houston Rockets. I mean, that, that, that's a call I've heard my entire life. Okay, anyway, sorry but uh just derailing even more there but what, what i'm trying to say is essentially what this possession was mobley gets back early in transition he goes back he taps the paint he touches the paint he sets up that hey this is more i'm gonna be controlling then comes the trail man he steps up picks up the ball gets into a switch the ball handler's like ooh, i got a big on me you know that's easy that's barbecue chicken for me well you know what he can't get passed by him he does it uh, he, does it behind, he tries to do all these different, uh, different dribble hesitation moves, can't get behind him, Mobley holds his ground, he passes the ball to the corner, and then this is where we'll get to the next slide. Next slide is Mobley, you know, does his job, you know, he controls what, what happened, and then the ball handler has to give up the ball. The ball handler then drifts to the corner. Why does he drift to the corner? He does that just so he's able to isolate even more effectively and have a little bit more space to attack either baseline with his quickness or kind of get back into the middle of the floor and draw in other defenders that's ideally what he's thinking about at that point in time so mobley is then on him again because the switch has still occurred um the ball handler gets the ball back in the corner tries to attack mobley holds his ground moves his feet effectively you can see him get to a lower center of gravity and tip and and blocks a shot essentially uh, uh for the ball handler so Now, all in all, the biggest thing for me when it comes to Evan Mobley is that he's quick enough to stay with guards, he can play against wings, and he can defend bigs. Essentially, you can have him defend one through five. You can play a defense which the Rockets have called a 55 defense. What does 55 mean? It's essentially what's in the name, five and five, five by five. You switch everything. And so in this case, when it comes to Evan Mobley, if you can have him defend all those different things, you can have him play alongside Christian Wood. You can have him play alongside Jay Sean Tate, other guys as well, if they're going to be in those types of lineups and situations to do so. However, I like him in drop coverage. I think he's an excellent rim protector and we're going to kind of discuss some of those things. But I do want to make a point because I just mentioned Christian Wood, Jackson. We, we talked about all the time during the season. What is Christian Wood's biggest strength, do you think, Jackson?
1: His ability to be, are, are we talking just defensively? defensively what do you think his biggest strength is I think his biggest strength is to be a weak side rim protector
0: I I would fully agree with you and, and I think a common misconception that is um, discussed among fans on Twitter in other places is Christian's one Christian Wood's strength being primarily a switch defender I'm not going to say that I completely disagree with that but I I think you know Wood is making strides as a drop coverage pick He's learning how to patrol patrol the paint, and before his injuries and before the PG Tucker trade, the Rockets were best defensively as a team when they had Wood at the five and had Tate or Tucker at the four, and they were switching everything. But they were also employing their base drop coverage defense right? he had Wood kind of controlling the paint. They were forcing him to become a communicator. Tucker was also communicating from the weak side, but Christian Wood was learning. He was getting better at communicating, calling out different coverages and things like that. Um, with Wood, you can play him at either the four or the five position. Then you bring in Mobley. If you bring in Mobley, his switchability would make him a good fit with Christian Wood rather than a duplicate. I, I don't like when people say, oh, you're drafting Mobley. We can't draft him because we already have Christian Wood. No, that's that's nonsense. They're not the same player. They have different skills, different sets. Just because they think you think they play the same position, they could both be interchangeable. If you go back and listen to Rafael Stone's press conference, you go back and listen to Steven Salas all season, what is the one word they use to describe Christian Wood? Optionality. Both, yeah, optionality, versatility. It's all about that. And when it comes to the type of defense they want to play, they're going to have either of them in the four or five role. We saw Christian Wood start off defending bigs, kind of being back there in drop coverage. And at the end of the season, he was playing the weak side because he had Kelly Olynyk go against bigger types of players. I don't think that Mobley is a good enough player yet to be able to defend against the Jokic's and the Embiid's of the world who are powerful, much stronger, and can defend in the post. But, you know, that gives you options to be able to do different types of things defensively. Um, after the Olympic trade, like I said, Wood defended power forwards and played on the weak side as a perimeter defender. And, and Mobley it just has to grow with his size and into his frame, that upper body strength, that lower body strength that we talked about. And, and just he has to be able to do that without giving up leverage and requiring hard double teams. If he can do that, he can be serviceable. And those guys can kind of go back and forth. We're seeing already Christian Wood really work hard on, from what I understand, he's been really working hard on uh, growing in terms of his strength at his core to be able to defend these t- bigger types of players. He is versatile, but adding more muscles really going to help him not only with his injuries, but being able to defend bigger players in the post no matter which way they draft. And so that's been good and encouraging to hear if you're a Rockets fan to see that Christian Wood has been doing those things. Um, one thing that I really think helped Mobley in terms of defending bigs, and it kind of just alludes back to my point of the importance of him becoming a better post-up defender, is that he only allowed 0.57 points per possession on post-ups against Biggs last year in college basketball. He has an important skill and that he has the ability to contest and change shots to the rim without leaving the floor. And he's excellent at avoiding fouls, but bigs in the NBA, they're so good with their high release points. How are you really going to be able to stop them? You have to be able to get them away from their spots. Use your strength to push them away from the preferred spots in the post. He has to get better than that. Um, and, and, and I, I think when we're looking at this play in particular, you know, he he's going to struggle, I think, in, in some areas. And where I think he's going to struggle the most is his ability to be able to defend quicker guards and then stronger wings and bigs. So he he's slowly grown into his ideal – he'll slowly grow into the ideal weight that we talked about. But a big can easily dip his shoulder into him and move him two feet away and kind of force uh, Mobley to contest with his length. That's, like I said earlier, it's not going to work in the NBA. You have to be able to be much better than that. He is much better when he's isolated on a specific side of the court, which we saw in this example earlier where he's by himself in a very small part of uh, of the half court. If he's out and above the break area, he has to be able to move his hips better. He's pretty inconsistent, I would say, still at an early age. He's shown a lot of great flashes. But he's inconsistent there. For me to say, oh, right now he's definitely ready to defend one to five straight up. He has to get better there as well. Um, and then lastly, on the defense, and we'll move into the office after this. There's a couple things I, if I could ask him to improve upon besides all those things is that he has to get better with rebounding.
1: That's been, that's been a very common knock on his game is the, you know, the, the struggles that he's had, maybe it's unfair to call them struggles, but you'd hope that a guy of his size, you know, who is supposed to be really, you know, protecting the paint at an elite level, the way he is, how do you protect the paint, right? How do you have a good defensive possession? You have to finish it off with a defensive rebound.
0: Yes. You know, he, he has an average rebounding rate if you look at his college, college basketball rebounding rate, but he likes to high point the ball. What does that mean for those listening? High point is essentially what, what it sounds like. He likes to use his length and his size to go up and get rebounds. He doesn't box out as often. He does have strong hands, which allow him to get those 50-50 balls. But in the NBA, striving strong hands doesn't mean anything. People will fight. They will claw. They will get those offensive rebounds over you. You have to be able to box out. He has to get better at doing that. You can't just rely on your athleticism. And your length to be able to get you those rebounds, he has to show consistency or more consistency on that end. That's not just an Evan Mobley problem. That's a problem among a lot of college basketball players who are much taller than their opponents. But in the end, that has to change.
1: All right, well, coming up, we're going to dive into the offensive side of Evan Mobley, kind of showcasing a couple of his uh, skills, and we're going to get there in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because, look, if you've never had a protein bar that you actually care about, that you've enjoyed, you have to check out Built Bar. They've got so many incredible flavors to choose from. Salted caramel, I mean, Cherry, raspberry, strawberry, double chocolate, my personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk. You really can't go wrong with any of the flavors on their menu. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great if you're on a keto diet. And you can check them out. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we got one more message from our friends at betonline.ag because bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We've got, Couple more, A few more games of the NBA finals. I'm not ready to write off Milwaukee quite just yet. So time to throw some money down on the finals if you haven't yet. We've also got MLB at the halfway point right now. So you've still got plenty more baseball to bet on. They've also got UFC, MMA, you name it, they've got it over at Bet Online. So head over there, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to get in on the action. You can do that using promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast, home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As we're rounding third, headed into home, uh, wrapping up our Evan Mobley film study, we're going to dive into an offensive possession here that kind of illustrates what he's going to be capable of at the NBA level. So, Ali Khan, what are you seeing in this play?
0: Yeah, you know. Be well, very well,
1: visual. Don't forget.
0: <laughs> essentially, it's. A big who manipulates a defense by purposely driving into the double team, spinning back around and knowing that a shooter now has somebody off of him and locating which specific shooter that is based off a defender that helped and passing to that shooter for an open three. That is a great decision. And he was a great decision maker at USC. He was one of their most trusted passers. They love to be able to use him in from that path. In terms of that passing role, and I think in in terms of the NBA and a Steven Salas offense, he will be trusted to be able to play dribble handoffs. I think early on you'll see a lot of that him and kind of the, in the Kelly Olynyk role next to Christian Wood, where Christian Wood is going to be somebody who will always be the role man. He's going to be that vertical threat. That means that Mobley will have to play off the ball. He has to shoot that uh, shoot the three ball effectively. But when it comes to a guy like Mobley who can pass the ball that allows you to be able to move from side to side, play five out, do those different things. And, and so that really does stand out to me. Um, just a couple different areas before we wrap up that I want to point out um, when it comes to Evan Mobley is transition. Steven Salas has learned a lot from Don Nelson. One of those things is giving players the ability to bring the basketball up in transition, no matter which position they play. Mobley will probably have his ball uh, hands on a lot of the balls that come On rebounds, and he'll be able to bring it up in transition and kind of get the (laughs) offense.
1: Nobody's putting hands on balls on this podcast, okay, Ali Khan? Stop it. No, but to to your point, as we're derailing the show, which is bound to happen when we get together, um, I mean, Christian Wood brought the ball up his fair share this past season, right? And and it was really beautiful to see him walk. And there were were possessions where he walked straight into some three-pointers, just pull up threes or, you know, walks right up into almost a dribble handoff set. Like, it was really great to see Christian Wood and how free-flowing that offense
0: was. And they're going to ask him relatively early in his career if he comes here, you know, take those threes create the gravity for yourself. Take those threes, get that on the scouting report. I think early on, Mobley's still not going to be comfortable taking those threes in game action. He's probably going to want to dip his shoulder, drive vertical in a straight line and get to the rim. But he can do that. He, like I said, he has great movement ability. We don't have the ability to show you the video um, just to copyright restrictions. But man, this guy, if you watch him, his ability to kind of use dribble, hesitation moves, get low, get past big defenders. I mean, it's pretty sensational. I think the best way I like to describe um him is that you know he's more so like a wing than he is a center right and, and i'm not saying he's not a center you're gonna obviously have him play the four or the five but you know he can't be like he he's he's a big wing. he is more than a center at this point to me He's a supersized
1: wing that is going to play the five, yeah. but has you know ball handling capabilities and you know right you'd if he were if he were you know four or five inches shorter he'd be a, he'd be a big wing and that's that's it. Yeah. But he happens to be over seven feet tall. So
0: yeah, and it's not to say he's not going to play the four, or the five. He will just like how Giannis plays the five. And there we go. I give everybody, I give every freaking episode a comparison that people take advantage of. Evan Mobley is not Giannis. Before the Evan aggregate- Mobley is
1: the next Giannis.
0: Aggregators, take note. Um, stop it. Um, but you know, just just my last point on all of this, and I'll wrap up. You know, in, in the Rockets' offense, the big plays a couple different areas in a five-out setting. They'll play in the corner. When they play in the corner, it's to be able to take away the opposing big from the paint, draw him away. Mobley will obviously play in that role with Christian Wood as a rim threat. He has to be able to shoot the ball effectively. Will play in the slot. If that happens. He's going to be able to execute dribble handoffs, slash inside for offensive rebounds, which he's really good at getting offensive rebounds, and also just being able to kind of you know shoot the basketball, become a good slot three-point shooter. Lastly, above the break, kind of doing the different things he wants to do. You know, faking faking slips. Um, you know, going in like do, pay, playing pick and roll, playing spread pick and roll. I mean, he's going to be in those three areas specifically. He's not going to really. I. I. I don't necessarily see a lot where he's not going to be on the perimeter, especially early on. But that's not. That's not something. That's not to say that he's not a good post-up player. He can get there. He will get there. He is somebody who I like because his ability to, like I said, have a soft jumper. Um. You know. He. He can go over both shoulders, utilize a jump stop to create space, and when you combine that with the soft touch your field goal percentage will obviously increase over time more than what it was in college. So in the, based off those different roles, coaches will have to experiment with him at different spots, but his touch, especially with his shooting ability, his mechanics, how pretty good they are for a guy his size, will allow you to be able to you know showcase him in different areas and see where he's successful. For the Rockets, my last, my last argument that I'm going to do for Jackson to see if he switches over uh, to Mobile Island, he's a good foundation piece you can have him fit into the definition of the type of player the rockets want. A player growing into his own body, allowing his development and versatility to dictate how they want to, you know, rebuild moving forward. Allow his talent to supersede everything else. To me, those are honestly the most important reasons to take a guy like Mobley. You know, he's not only somebody you can only rely on the role, but he can be a consistent three-point shooter over time. He has many different ways of impacting the game without scoring the basketball. Yes, obviously, you want to you, you want a franchise score. You could potentially get that with Jalen Green. But having a guy like this who's a great foundation piece who allows you to establish a good core for your group moving forward is something I think the Rockets will have to consider. And uh, this is more so from the Moria, not necessarily from the Stoner, because we don't know too much about him yet. But based off the Moria and how well they like to get players who look good in terms of st- on statistical rankings, Mobley is way up there already. And so I think that has to play a point in the conversation where you look at his ceiling, he potentially has a chance to be a very high ceiling player.
1: Well, first off, Alicon, it's called the Stone Age, not the Stone Era. Um, secondly, as enticing as it is, because I, I had already talked myself into it, is watching like KPJ run some like, you know, stagger pick and rolls with Evan Mobley and Christian Wood, or potentially pick and roll with Evan Mobley, and then you have Christian Wood spotted up in the corner. Uh, if the help defender comes, like all sorts of stuff, right? Like I've envisioned what the offense would look like. I haven't quite caved. I'm still sitting Jalen Green Island, but I will admit, Evan Mobley is a very enticing prospect. And ultimately,
0: I want to give a shout out to Zion, who commented on on our tweet from earlier today about um, kind of what his scouting report was. And he mentioned those snug pick and rolls with Mobley and Wood kind of from, um, you know, just inside the paint. I think that would be phenomenal when you have a guy like Christian Wood who can run that, has a little soft touch floater from the mid range, and then Mobley kind of setting the screen for him. Imagine running that four or five pick and roll from an empty corner. Who's gonna come over and help on that? I mean, there's so many endless possibilities you have with Mobley. I think in terms of the offense, it's not just about having a guard who can score. Yes, this is a guard's league. I completely agree. However, that being said, a guy like Mobley is so versatile. You can make him what you want to make him as a player. And so, from those different points, I really do like you know Mobley a lot. And I think they 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 don't. I don't think they'll be wrong in either direction if they go green or Mobley.
1: Well, it's you know bad news that we did two of these—one on Jalen Green, one on Evan Mobley. When they're going to trade up and take Cade Cunningham number one overall. But Ali Khan, you know the drill. everybody know where to track you down at.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider and YouTube at Rockets Film Room. Have a if you are a fan of the Rockets and you want more draft coverage in terms of who they should pick at the number two overall and kind of in more detail into how they would fit into a Rocket system, definitely be following me. Got a surprise for you. Got uh, surprise for you guys coming up.
1: Surprises from Ali Khan are always good unless he's talking about hands and balls on this podcast. But with that being said, uh, be sure to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft for the Locked on NBA channel coming out soon. Uh, we're going to have a gigantic you know, mock draft in the works. All the hosts, I've taken part in it. It's going to be super fun. Do not want to miss that. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching, for listening. We look forward to having you back right here for our very next episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.